ever found yourself attracted to someone who is just rife with problems in their life? Always in need of being rescued. They may actually be more in need of a therapist than another friend or lover. They may be caught up in long-term unhealthy relationships and choose to stay there for various reasons, but they cheat to get some needs met. Temporarily, of course. Or they go from one relationship to the next and never take the time to go deep inside themselves to figure out their own issues. They would be with some call the damsel in distress. And you, their knight in shining armor, aka willing victim. This is the dark side of that type of relation. And in today's episode, we'll break it down as to why you may find yourself emotionally connected to these people and how you may begin to let go of that role and finally take a look at what issues you may be avoiding in your own life and begin to fix you. So you can begin to find healthy people to be with. Hey there, my Dark Side crew. Welcome back. In this episode number two of the miniseries, The Evil of the O where we're going deep inside the dark side of the human sexuality and how everything leads back to sex eventually. We received some great response to the first video. And if you haven't seen it yet, we encourage you to check it out soon. If you're new here, we're glad that you found us and welcome. Here on the dark side, we dive deep into the abyss in each episode. And it's my hope that here you'll find some answers to Many questions relating to that shadow side of our lives, what it is, how can we learn to incorporate it into our lives on a level that we can not only understand it, acknowledge it, even use these experiences in constructive ways to enhance our lives going forward. And please remember, this material is not meant for everyone and never meant for minors. So if you're not critical thinking, or you're easily triggered when someone speaks of things you don't agree with. Now is the time to go find your crew elsewhere. Or stay and maybe learn some new perspectives. The choice is always yours. For our like-minded peeps, I invite you to find your crew at our home at tdsothc.com or wherever you get your podcast fix on. It's where everywhere. Our home is actually podbean.com. And as always, for more info and sponsorship and possibly to be a guest on future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. So visit our site, drop us a love note. Let's explore together and find some elusive answers to some of our many dark human conditions and concerns. And with that, let's dive in. Let me start by saying that this was not the episode I was working on and planning on bringing to you at this time, but... After having a conversation recently with someone, I have only recently come to know, I believe, a rare spiritual connection, if you will. And ultimately, I've come to consider them as a special friend, and I hope to continue knowing more about them long into the future. So recently, we had a convo about a relationship they've been involved with that has brought them, I believe, much joy and yes, deep pain 
and some life lessons. Listening to them speak of this relationship, I could hear a lot of unsaid things. Sometimes it's what we don't say out loud that speaks volumes, right? They said the usual things like, I have no business being with this person, but they went on to explain the reasons why they found themselves in their situation. And it got me to thinking about something, more of a realization, really, that some of us have found ourselves in this certain type of uh, relationship, sometimes more than once in our lifetime. I'm speaking of the damsel in distress relationship. That is what it sounded like on my end. As I listened without judgment, of course, but I wanted to know why we as humans will get to a point where we will put ourselves in a relationship that begins with drama and continue to lie to ourselves that this could all work out in the end. From what I know about these relationships, it doesn't. So I thought I'd try and bring some clarity to this type of relationship as some of you out there might be you know, feeling the same and maybe you've been in this situation, maybe you're in the situation now. So, again, I wanted to discuss this type of relationship and how we transitory beings may learn to seek healthy partners going forward because we're not here for a very long time, right? So what is a damsel in distress? How do we recognize if we may be the damsel or the knight? And what's so wrong with helping a person in need, right? What's wrong with someone helping us in our time of need? Well, let's just say that the movies and the novels of old have portrayed the damsel usually as a female who finds herself in a dire situation and most likely her demise is imminent, right? Her rescuer a.k.a. the knight in shining armor, is her hero, and he comes in just in the nick of time to save her. But in today's culture, it can also be the male who's the one in what seems to be more and more in need of rescue. Yes, gentlemen, we know you're out there, and we're not coming to rescue you. Trust and believe. We know the players and the mama boys when we see them. Well, some of us do anyway. But some of these men, I feel, are either just out to use desperate women and see how much they can get, you know, from the partner or partners, as in many of these men are just closet players and have several partners on the down low. And... It matters not if they are found out because there's always another victim waiting unknowingly in the wings. Yes, there are some women who play this role on unsuspecting partners as well. Neither are true damsel, of course, just users that play the victim to get what they desire from a willing victim. But that's a topic for another day. Today, 
we're going to explore the feminine damsel and the masculine knight and how we may recognize our role in that type of relationship and how we may begin to stop participating in such devastating behaviors. To learn how we can have truly meaningful experiences going forward. An article that I found doing some research written by Dipshika Panji, say that three times fast, right? Believes that a damsel in distress situation is where you have the need to rescue your partner and oftentimes at your own expense. You want to solve all of their problems and have them rely solely on you. She states that men in these type of relationships, men who are afflicted with this syndrome, because you know everything's a syndrome now, right? They're attracted to partners who, her words, seem hopeless or exhibit the need of support. She goes on to say that they treat them as an extension of themselves and may criticize and control them in the guise of helping them. She says subconsciously men often do this in the hopes that their behavior will be reciprocated with love and affection and rewarded for their efforts. While she believes there's nothing wrong with a compassionate relationship, she says it can sometimes overlap with codependency as helping someone without clear boundaries does not lead to a healthy relationship. Ms. Punji gives five examples of those afflicted with the syndrome. Number one, you base your self-worth on the ability to help others. People with this syndrome pride themselves in their ability to save their partners. It becomes their main identity in the relationship. They may even consciously seek out unhealthy or needy partners to fix or rescue them. But more often than not, that leads them into toxic relationships, uh, prevents them from healing from their own emotional traumas or addictions. Since no one came to their rescue, they project their needs onto their partner as they try to give their partner what they never received. So if I'm reading into uh, this statement correctly, she claims that someone who has their own issues and traumas that were never resolved and healed will seek out those who they can focus all of their attention on to save them in the hopes that this will in turn save themselves. From their own pain. That doesn't work out that way, unfortunately. I've learned that one firsthand. So number two, a history of emotional traumas. Those who suffer from this syndrome also come from experience of emotional abandonment or may have tried to help a parent who suffered from emotional traumas themselves. 
She says that, unfortunately, the rescuer behaves this way out of an enmeshment. Get all enmeshed, right? As they get involved in the issues of their partners. Again, I think that comes back to some boundaries. I believe that our childhood traumas, especially family traumas from those who, you know, they've not healed and use their children as their sole source of identity and maybe even abuse them in numerous ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually. They've set their children up for a life of continuing the cycle of traumatic relationships. I've personally battled my own family traumas and although I don't know if we ever completely heal, but I do believe that the act of acknowledgement is the first step. And then seeking your personal truth, as well as taking the steps, hard as they may be, to do your own healing. It's a major step in the right direction to living a happier and healthy life, right? Break the cycle is what I've heard. So number three, gravitation towards those who seem needy. Placing your partner on a pedestal and doing so, you encourage an unhealthy dependency in the relationship, resulting in your partner depending on you for all of their physical and emotional needs. That one's pretty tough. I heard it said recently that if you treat someone like a celebrity, they'll treat you like a fan. And I don't believe anyone is really worthy of the pedestal as we are all just humans trying to find our place in this world, right? You can admire someone You can be intrigued by someone or even, you know, be inspired by them. I've had a lot of inspiration lately from people in my circle. But in no way um, do I believe that anyone is above anyone else in the scheme of things. So why would you want to have someone feel they need you, you know, for their very survival in this world, right? We came into the world alone, most of us anyway. And for the most part, we will exit alone. So where does that leave your dependent partner should you check out first? Something to think about. Number four, micromanage the needy partner's life. I think this one is probably more common than most even realize, really. Or maybe they're not even aware of it, but she says that um, from the friendships to the professional relationships, you need to be in the know and make decisions for them. Although you may believe you're helping them and keeping them from harm, it may be a subconscious form of control. Again, Taking the focus off of your own wounds. That one's pretty deep. This is something I personally uh, take issue with on many levels. And what I mean by that is 
I cannot be involved with anyone who feels that they have authority over my life. Many have tried, let me tell you, and all have failed. Whether or not they're coming from a place where they believe they know what's best for me and it's from a loving place, I'm sure, maybe. I'm a free-thinking, over-21 adult and have always had issues with authority figures because no one has the right to control another human being. Like ever. Even as a young child, I had major issues with supposed authority figures in my life. You know that saying, you're not the boss of me? (laughs) That was one of my favorites, right? Yeah, that was me. So needless to say, if you feel you need to control another adult's behavior or micromanage their lives, you just might be the one in need of serious therapy. Bottom line, stay in your lane. And finally, number five. In response to distance, you manipulate your partner to increase their dependency. Dr. Punji believes that when your partner tries to find their independence or decrease their dependency on you, you try to bring them back into a life of dependency, which is a classic behavior of someone who suffers from damsel in distress syndrome. And this is different from an empathetic relationship. This is not a relationship built on equal support as you assume the role of the parent. So there's more, you know, there's most likely other signs. But if you find yourself identifying with these today, it might be time to take a step back, reevaluate your relationships and begin to take steps necessary to heal your own wounds, improve your relationships from a healthy standpoint so that you can finally be free from the pain and the suffering you have possibly spent years living through, maybe over and over again. The question I have pondered since this conversation with my friend is why? Looking at someone else's relationship as an observer We can see the pitfalls all too clearly, as opposed to when we are the one in the eye of the storm, right? As the observer, we do have trouble understanding why they subject themselves to such pain and agony. Sometimes, life-altering pain for just a few stolen moments of pleasure. And the fantasy of a possible future with them, right? Yeah, I know. The simple answer one might say is, I've never felt like this about anyone before, the way I feel about them. Or simply put, because I love them. But do you really? Sure, you may have a lot of chemistry, things in common, and those things are necessary, that's true. But beyond those basic qualities, what exactly about the real person do you love? The drama? Their vulnerableness? 
the fantasy that all will be great in this relationship if they would just see things your way and take action. Or you find yourself, you know, that you have a need and maybe a need to be the savior, the knight in shining armor. Maybe it's been you all along that needs to be rescued. I have found that sometimes we have egoistic needs that may be met, although temporarily, feeling like someone needs us. Or that if we concentrate on someone else's problems and issues, we will be distracted from our own. Again, temporarily. When we can break the cycle and have taken some necessary steps to free ourselves through trying to find peace again, yes, feeling anxious, maybe a little insecure, and at a loss for answers we so desperately seek, just take a deep breath and realize that your brain's dopamine and serotonin levels have decreased. So seeking a hit, if you will, like an addict, we crave just one little dose of that serotonin, the dopamine, to get through this moment, that ever so desperate phone call, just to see how you're doing, or the one last time together, and that false reward unfortunately doesn't last long before you crash. The pain and, yes, humiliation comes back even stronger. It's the same feeling we get when we have a devastating breakup. We can't believe we didn't see it coming. Or how could I have been so stupid and have believed they ever really loved me? Yes, we have all been there. And it feels shitty in the beginning, of course. Like we'll never find another one who, who loves us. Another one like them. Like we'll never feel the void left in our heart and our soul. But I'm here to tell you that you will. You will take the lessons learned from every ending and forge ahead to new beginnings. But first, you need to do the homework as to what happened and why it happened the way that it did. You can begin to restore your sanity and your soul's peace by remembering that, no, you're not going crazy. You're just temporarily a little bit off balance. And as anxieties and insecurities don't necessarily, you know, they don't reflect what's really going on in your reality. As we allow our emotions to control our behavior, we find ourselves stuck in an unrelenting pattern that can become consuming if allowed to continue. We may feel like this pain will never subside. I promise you. It will. Just because it's over doesn't mean that what you had wasn't real. It's simply not your reality anymore. 
So take the experience and use the life lessons it brought you to ensure that the next love of your life may actually succeed. As you'll have a better chance at avoiding the pitfalls and the love traps that got you where you find yourself currently, if this is your situation, of course. More importantly, respectfully honor their need for space as well as your space in your personal growth time as seeking contact, you know, like stalking, pleading, emotional badgering. It doesn't bring relief. It only brings more pathetic shame and ultimately more pain. The goal of I can get them to change their mind, etc. is a fantasy. So stop caring about what might have been. It's not your reality now, remember? If it was meant to be, you wouldn't be where you are now, trying to understand what happened and why. When you find yourself becoming triggered, and you believe me, you will, you will have those moments. Mindfully observe your body and let the feelings wane without trying to fix it, right? Do some deep breaths. Give yourself a 90-second timeout, or longer if that's necessary. Take a long drive or walk through the park if that's an option. Walk on the beach, wherever you're at. Take some time for you. Life is too short. So spend, uh, spend time with people who really love and appreciate you. There has to be somebody. Do not justify attempts to keep your ex as a friend. This one is big. Really big. At least not initially. I don't know anyone who's been able to just be friends right away. If ever. If ever. Really? That's just holding on. Especially if there's lingering feels on either side, right? Understand that it's okay not to be friends. Moving on is a sign of personal growth, and more often than not, it may truly be what's really needed in order to move forward and heal yourself. It's okay to feel sad that your relationship has ended. Grief is an important first step in the healing process. We all know that. It's like step number one, I believe. So by trying to rush past this important step only means that you're not ready to take future relationships seriously. And the same situation may find its way to you once again as you've refused to acknowledge the traumas that you've experienced and the baggage just gets heavier the next time around. You can bet on it. Know that you deserve better than where you find yourself at the moment. Again, if this is your situation, right? But you and only you can give that gift to yourself. It's time to be your own hero for once. And how do you do that? Well, you can start by reclaiming your dignity, restore your self-respect, nurture your health and your soul through physical activities, meditation, do some yoga, some nature walks, 
eat healthy, you know, organic foods, lots of water, purified water, of course, making the changes that you've been putting off while you're being distracted by these unhealthy relationships. Taking care of yourself helps you feel confident, optimistic, attractive, and live an authentic existence. And isn't that really what we're trying to do anyway? I mean, really, what else is there at the end of the day, right? There's nothing wrong with helping someone or being helped in a time of need. Of course not. I mean, we're human. Or I think that we're all just here for love and compassion. And we have so little of it these days, but it is there. It's a good way of making sure that you're not sucked into relationships that you have no business being in in the first place, yes? And let's face it, sometimes those of us who are empaths, which I happen to think I'm one, we live to help our fellow humans. And sometimes we're the easiest targets for those who seek to suck the life right out. That's true. But knowing the difference between who really needs our help and who's there, you know, those who put themselves in bad situations and expect the night to come along and save them time and again. Personally, I don't have that kind of energy, nor the desire to put myself through the pain and drama at this stage of the game anymore. Been there, done that, as they say. I will also say that sometimes, being a good human, we overlook the red flags that they're just waving in our face, right? And we believe that because we are good humans, that we would see it coming, but not always. So before we find ourselves emotionally and physically involved in another toxic, I-can-fix-it relationship, take a step back and... Look at this individual beyond what they are presenting themselves to be. Ask yourself some serious questions as to why you're so compelled to put yourself in the middle of their drama and if the costs are really worth it, you know, in the end, and go from there. It's really not that hard to see if the person has a history or a pattern of dysfunctional relationships behaviors, addictions, etc. And you may be the next victim in a long line of tragic episodes in their story. Or, if they really are in need of a friend's helping hand. I'll leave you with this point of view, and that is this. When we truly love and respect ourselves, I mean truly, We will stop putting ourselves last. We will not allow ourselves to be used and abused by those who seek to get their needs met at the expense of those only seeking to help them. We will see the signs clearly that we are approaching dangerous waters and will retreat to safety for our own sake. We will not accept less from others than we expect from them and from ourselves. I know, I know. It's easier said than done, right? Not really. You just get too tired, you know, to carry someone else's bullshit. 
for the most part, I believe that it all goes back to the sex thing. And that's why I put this in this series. What I mean by that is that in the case of the damsel in the night, he's the handsome hero and she's the beautiful helpless victim in the story, right? And he saves her and a passionate kiss usually follows and then, well, we know where that leads, right? So, yes, there's usually an intimate agenda behind the scenes. And I don't think for one moment that females haven't used the sex card to snare their hero. And yes, men have too. But again, that's another episode. But what happens when that's not enough anymore? The dramas are still there. The original issues may still persist because that was the original glue of sorts. And now... Maybe other issues have presented themselves. I'm sorry, but no booty is worth, you know, the hassle of another person's traumas. None. Carry your own baggage. You know, it's heavy enough most days, right? Ugh, no thanks. Me personally, well, I'd rather put my energies into someone who's got their shit together. For the most part. And I say for the most part because we're all evolving on a daily basis and we'll always have room for improvement, of course. My point is that maybe we'd have more success with our relationships if we seek those who are mentally, physically, and spiritually ready and available to have a connection than to have to work so damn hard to make something fit that is not for us to begin with. But that's just me. It's called having standards, integrity, not putting ourselves in situations where we really don't belong in the first place. But again, who am I to say what's right You know, for anyone as people will do what they do until they've had enough. It's like when you're on a plane and The flight attendant tells you to put your mask on first, you know, your oxygen mask, before you can assist someone else. It's as simple as if you don't take care of you, you know, first, you're not going to be able to help someone else. Not for long anyway, right? Like I said in another episode, relationships don't have to be hard and full of chaos If the people involved really get it and really want to be together. At least know exactly where they're coming from and where a relationship may ultimately end up. Giving those parameters, you know, that you're working with. So no, our relationships don't have to be hard. We just sometimes choose to make it that way. Why? As I was contemplating this episode, I was reminded of a song by a band. Here we go, music again, right? Uh, The band Rush, where they say, All the world's a stage and we are merely players, performers, and portrayers. And if that's true, then I ask, who's the director? Are we, in fact, the star of our own show and everyone else are just our cast? Is it just an improv? 
Or is it written by a spiritual playwright? And we have no real say ultimately anyway. I ask this because when I think about all the people I've met in my lifetime, there have been many that I would have said no to at a casting call if given that option. Which leads me back to the concept of the knight in shining armor. As a female, we're raised to believe that we are the weaker sex and that if we play our cards right, at least my generation when we were growing up, kids today, I don't know what they're being taught. But if we play our cards right, then we will grow up to meet our knight, marry, raise a family. But then real life happens and we sometimes realize that all along, we really are our own heroes. We are, in fact, the only one we can really depend on for the most part. And the sooner we get to that understanding, the better off we will be. So with all of that said, I'm going to leave it here today and possibly pick up another episode in the future. If any of this has resonated with your situation, don't hesitate to contact the show as we'd love to hear from you or even invite you to share your story on future episodes, anonymously, of course, if that's what you desire. And as we wrap up another episode, let's get to my favorite part, the quote of the day. My entire life I saw myself as the beautiful damsel or the graceful maiden. I was the princess searching for her knight, but with my newfound abilities... I finally discovered that, after all this time, I was the powerful witch. By Christina Elbar. From what I gather, we have to be our own hero in the end. And once we can become whole on our own, can we make room for healthy, you know, a healthy and whole person to become our other half? Just my opinion. Remember, as always, take whatever resonates and leave the rest. I'd like to take a moment to thank my friend for the inspiration of this topic and wish them a speedy and peaceful resolve. They know who they are. Much love, my friend. So as we come to the end of the show today, I hope I've enticed your mind just a little bit. Maybe you're asking yourself a few new questions or maybe found an answer to some. I'd love to hear your thoughts as to what may or may not have received today and what dark areas you'd like to explore here on future episodes. I look forward to diving deep into many more topics with you and dissecting many more fascinating human experiences. For more info, contact the show. Check us out at tdsothc.com And if you like what we're bringing you, consider supporting the show on Patreon. And as always, remember to hit the subscribe button on your way out so you'll get notified with our new episodes. And remember, if today has you feeling anxious, confused, and triggered, take a moment right now to quiet your mind. Just breathe. Let go of all your distractions and embrace your mindfulness. Focus your intentions on what you really want and clarify and let go that which no longer serves you. Remember, your determination is your power and your peace to realize your true purpose as these brief but mindful moments can allow a new path to arise. So till next time, my crew, 
Walk in the light on the dark side, right here where your vibe attracts your tribe.